All right, that was Mr. Eddie Money, who passed away today at the age of 70 years old due to throat cancer. God rest his soul. Hopefully he is on his way to paradise up in heaven, cashing in his ticket, right? So, a lot's been going on. Today's Friday the 13th. If a lot of you people are suspicious, and a lot, it's also a full moon. So, think about people that are superstitious. So, you got Friday the 13th and a full moon. There's going to be a lot of crazy people out there tonight, folks, so be careful. The other day was uh, the anniversary of 9 11. When a couple planes crashed into the World Trade Centers. And one of them crashed into the ground in Pennsylvania. God rest these people's souls. And we pray that God takes them into his heaven and gives them eternal peace, love, and happiness. And also helps their family and friends to deal with their loss. Even though it was 18 years ago. As uh, President Trump said, he laid a wreath at the Pentagon telling victims and relatives, this is your anniversary of personal and permanent loss. He said, it's the day that is replayed in your memory a thousand times over. The last kiss, the last phone call, the last time hearing those precious words, I love you, said President Donald Trump in his speech which is uh, so correct and so sad. It says near Skanksville, Pennsylvania, the third site where planes crashed on September 11, 2001, Vice President Mike Pence credited the crew and passengers who fought back against the hijackers while protecting themselves and others. a tragic thing they didn't make it out of it even though from what we know some of them were fortunate enough to call their loved ones and say goodbye and tell them that they were on a hijacked plane one guy was last known as saying to his wife you know that he loved her and he said to his friends on the plane let's roll and I guess they rushed the hijackers and the plane went into the ground, into a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. It's very fortunate for others that the plane didn't head to Washington and slam into a building because they said the plane was heading in the direction of Washington, D.C. Nearly 3,000 people were killed when terrorists piloted planes slammed into the World Trade Center the Pentagon, and the field in Pennsylvania. Now, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, a refugee that we took in from Somalia, our taxpayers put out money to bring her and her family here as refugees. She was fortunate enough to make it into the greatest country 
in the world. And how does she say thank you? She says that some people did something. She doesn't say that terrorists attacked the World Trade Center and 3,000 people died as a result. I mentioned this the other day on Facebook. And she also talks about how she lives in ugly America. And she doesn't feel safe here. Well, everybody knows, folks, that she doesn't want to assimilate to the ways of our culture. She wants things to be reversed. And we should all live life according to her culture, which is Muslim. I've always referred to her as a radicalized Muslim. And now she's a congressman of the United States and she has access to our country's top secrets. So I made the statement that if she didn't want to assimilate, then she could move back to the country that she came from. And that's all I said. If she does not want to assimilate, then she could move back to where she came from. So the response I received was, I was thrown off of Facebook for 30 days, right? <laughs> Isn't that ironic? How we're attacked by terrorists. And 18 years later, I have a radicalized Muslim is the reason that I was thrown off of Facebook for 30 days. Because all I said was, if she does not want to assimilate, then she can go back to where she came from. Something terribly wrong with this world, folks. Something terribly wrong. One thing I like to point out is that if you've seen any of the Democrat debates, the third one was on television the other night. There's something missing on the stage. And that's the American flag. If you watch the Democrats versus the Republicans, the Republican debates, they have the United States flags on the stage with them. A lot of them are wearing flags on their lapels. The Democrats are totally opposite. You could ask them, why are there no American flags on the stage during the Democrat debates? And you won't get an answer from any of them. Or if you do, you're not gonna like the answer. It's going to be anti-American. But I don't hear any Democrats denouncing these candidates for that. So I would have to say that these candidates on the stage, a lot of them believe in kneeling during the national anthem. In my opinion, these candidates are anti-American 
and they probably don't deserve to live in this great country of ours. But as I said, I don't see any Democrats coming forward to denounce any of them. So it's obvious that they represent the Democrat Party in its entirety. And this is their ways. They're spreading anti-Americanisms. As an independent myself, folks, I can see no way possible to even begin to consider voting for a Democrat. So with that, we're going to go to a song. This is an old song by Mr. Neil Young. It's called Hey, hey, my, my. Once again, you're tuned in to Louie Live and your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. And I hope you're all ready to go out and have a little fun on a Friday night. Get yourself cleaned up, dressed up, head out, maybe have a drink or two in moderation, as I always say, and maybe go out, dance a little bit, shake off some of the tension that you've accumulated over the week. So here's Mr. Neil Young. Get the old blood pounding.
All right, that was Mr. Neil Young with a song called Hey Hey My My from the Rust Never Sleeps album. So we'll switch over here to some local news. I read these uh, police reports once in a while. Some of them are kind of comical. Always at the end it says the police are asking the public's help to find these people. Okay, this one here is unfortunate. It says uh, the Burlington police are looking for suspects involved in a violent attack. Looking for two men they say were involved in a violent attack last Wednesday, just a couple days ago. Police say the two victims were beaten, one with a bottle to the head, and the other hit with a bat. I'm assuming a baseball bat, not a live flying bat, you know, like the kind that Ozzy Osbourne was known for biting the head off of at one of his concerts. I don't know if that's true, could be just a myth, but that's Ozzy's claim to fame. He is a crazy man, so the night of darkness, they call him. It's possible, but I'm assuming this person was hit with a baseball bat. They say it happened at a house near the intersection of Cedar Street and Rose Street. A bad section of the city of Burlington, folks. A lot of stuff goes down over at the intersections of city, I mean, uh, in the city of Burlington at Cedar Street and Rose Street. It's always been that way, probably always will be that way. The victims were reportedly on their porch when they were approached by the suspects. A fight broke out, and authorities say one man was hit with a bottle and assaulted while he lay in conscience. Then police say the three suspects turned on the second victim and allegedly beat him with a stick or a bat, and then the suspects ran away. So the two men were seriously injured and taken to the hospital where one man had to stay for several days. I'm assuming that's the guy that got hit with a baseball bat, huh? Because... Those Louisville sluggers will definitely do a number on you. Says police say they located one of the suspects. His name was Myong George, 29. He told police the people on the porch made racist remarks and attacked him and his friends with a bat. So the police say the other two suspects are known as Young Buck in Cisco. Isn't that something? Young Buck in Cisco. That sounds like trouble right there, don't it? <laughs> Shouldn't be too hard to track those people down. Young Buck in Cisco. And once again, uh, Burlington, the police are asking the public to help them find Young Buck in Cisco. I tell you, folks, I think it's the full moon. Drives people crazy. Another article right here. Northern New York woman arrested in a mallet assault. So police arrested a northern New York woman who they say assaulted another woman with a rubber mallet. You know, like a big old hammer. But the end of it's made out of rubber. They say it happened at about 2 a.m. this past Wednesday in Burke, New York. 
New York State Police say they were called to Depot Street and found a woman who had been assaulted with fist and a rubber mallet. She was taken to the hospital. Troopers say they caught up with a suspect nearby, Johanna Ewart, 27, of Bombay, was arrested and charged with assault and criminal possession of a weapon. You know, charged with assault. You know, somebody whacks you with a rubber mallet, especially at the head. That's more like attempted murder, I would think. I think if I was the victim of this, I would be pressing charges and demanding for the charges of attempted murder instead of assault. You know, what is assault? I mean, that's like verbal assault, physical assault. You don't really know if it's verbal or physical, but when you say attempted murder, that's when you know this person meant business. Must have whacked you with a bat, like the story I just read before that, or a mallet. A lot of things they're trying to play off nowadays with politically correct terms. This article right here says, Lightning strikes and injures 10 L.A. inmates playing flag football. So it says, A lightning strike has sent 10 people to the hospital. It happened at about 6 p.m. this past Monday in Claiborne Parish. The injured are inmates at David Wade Correctional Center, authorities reported. They were playing flag football at the state-owned prison off of Louisiana Highway 520 between Homer and Haynesville when the lightning struck, according to Louisiana Department of Corrections. The lightning strike came without warning. According to David Wade Correctional Center's procedure to clear the yard when potentially dangerous weather approaches. Well, they're claiming they had no warning. That's why they didn't clear the yard. So emergency crews took 10 prisoners to area hospitals. One is in critical condition. The other nine inmates are in stable condition, the department reports. And for security reasons, authorities said the state will not release the names of the inmates nor their locations or nor the crimes they committed, which got them into the correctional center. So... You have to ask yourself, was this divine intervention? It's possible. They're saying that President Trump is reestablishing the death penalty. And already about a half a dozen people on death row are getting stepped right up to the front of the line to be executed. So, if you got... 10 inmates out in the yard playing football and they get struck by lightning without any warning. They didn't feel the winds whipping in. They didn't hear no thunder rumbling. No previous strikes of lightning. Just all of a sudden, bang! 10 of them out there in the yard playing football got struck by lightning. 
could say divine intervention. Because definitely it's not saying why these ten people are in prison. Maybe God's trying to judge them and give them the death penalty. You never know, folks. This is another local article. It says F-35 jets. The opponents again are protesting at Senator Patrick Leahy's office. So protesters took their message about the F-35 fighter jets to Senator Patrick Leahy's Burlington office again this past Tuesday after a synod Monday ended in arrest. So they didn't learn anything by that. They all got arrested Monday. So a lot of them go right back Tuesday and have another sit-in. says, on Tuesday, seven people went to the senator's office to express their concerns about the basing of the jets in Vermont. They were met outside by staffer John Tracy, who sat with them in the hallway to hear what they had to say. The protesters told him they were most concerned about the noise and pollution associated with the jets, but they also said they are fed up with the senator ignoring them. Yes, folks, that's what he does. And the point that they're really missing is the fact that Senator Patrick Leahy, according to the Seven Days newspaper, which you can all go to their website and read through the archives, hopefully it's still there, if not, you can contact them and ask them to republish it or email you a copy of it. Because in the article it says that since 1978, Senator Patrick Leahy purchased a home in Virginia and he claims residency there in Virginia and his mail is sent to the house. And like I say, if he spends a lot of time in Washington, D.C., if he wants to buy a house in Washington or Virginia or wherever to spend time there so he doesn't have to travel back and forth to Vermont when they're in session, I say that's okay, that's his right. But when you actually claim residency of Virginia, that's another story. And you're being paid for, you and your staff, by Vermont taxpayers very, very, very fraudulent. And if that's the case, he should be prosecuted. And he should be made to pay back the taxpayers all the money that we've paid out to him and his administration since 1978. You're talking 41 years he's been carrying this lie, folks. And that seat rightfully belongs to someone that resides in the state of Vermont and claims residency here. And that is according to the law. But these people, these protesters, who are opposing the F-35 jet fighters, they went to his office Monday, got arrested. They went back Tuesday, where they were speaking with his staffer, John Tracy, who's from the Burlington area, and he used to be on the city council of Burlington. They told him that 
they're tired of being ignored by Senator Patrick Leahy and gave the example of the office door being locked Tuesday. So, how are you going to talk to your congressmen, your senators, anybody that your taxes are paying when you go there to talk to them and their door is locked? Now, John Tracy told them the door to the office was locked because they didn't want a repeat of Monday when two protests were arrested. That's the way it goes. People have a right to a freedom of speech. But these politicians don't like it. And I'm assuming that a lot of them are bribing the social media and whatnot to sweep things under the rug. Now these F-35 fighter jets have been planned for many years. A lot of people, they don't want to live in the vicinity of the airport in South Burlington. So the airport bought their homes and bulldozed them. And now there's like nice grassy areas over there. You would never know these homes were ever there. And that was a good thing. They started building hangars for these F-35 jets. They started expanding the runway for these F-35 jets. So when these people come forward now, years and years later, wanting the decision to be reversed to bring the F-35 jets to Burlington, Vermont area. I say to you folks, it's just a little too late. Just a little bit too late. The ship has sailed. We've spent millions and millions and millions of tax dollars preparing the airport for these F-35 jets. That's about all I can say. I don't think they're going to be as loud as people think. The F-16s fly on a daily basis and they're hardly noticeable. I don't think these F-35s will be any different really. But that's reality, folks. When the Wright brothers first invented the airplane, the military thought of our defense system and how these would be convenient to defend us from the evils around the world. I hate to say a lot of the evil from around the world is here now. Time to move on, folks. And if the housing situation over by the airport bothers you, from what I hear, the airport is still willing to buy properties. So what can you really say to that? I mean, we have to have a defense system that complies with the 21st century. We can't have the Wright brothers up there flying around anymore, protecting us from 
Patriot missiles and whatnot. Some of these countries, like the Chinese, I mean, they invented gunpowder hundreds of years ago. We don't speak with the Chinese. We have no idea what they are capable of when it comes to weapons. I don't even know what we have in the United States. Nobody does. It's probably a lot of things that you don't really want to know. We're going to go to a song here. And this is called Crack the Sky from a band called From the Greenhouse.
guy that was Crack the Sky from the Greenhouse. Sounds a lot like Pink Floyd, doesn't it? That's what I always think when I hear this song. One Hit Wonders. They have other songs, but nothing ever caught on after that one. A lot of people believe in the Greenhouse effect. All the Democrat candidates are preaching it. They're all talking, saying that we have like 12 years left before the end of the world. That's what Alexandria Cortez was preaching, remember? And then people were like, this woman's a raving lunatic. So then she started to walk her story backwards, saying, well, I didn't really mean that the end of the world was going to come in 12 years. Uh, yes, yes, that's what you were exactly putting into people's heads, that the end of the world is going to come in 12 years. So now she's got to walk it back because people are like, you are a total nut job and there's no way in hell anyone's going to ever vote for you and you are going to be a one-term politician. So, all the other crazy candidates jump in on the Democrat side. You see the debates. Now, Bernie Sanders is telling people that in order to fight the greenhouse effect and decrease the carbon footprint, because people create their own little carbon footprints. Kind of like how they're telling people that cows produce a lot of methane gas, either by belching or farting. So a lot of people are thinking that we should just kill all the cows to reduce the carbon footprint. Right? They're all really scared about the greenhouse effect. Oh my God, we're all going to die in like 12 years from now. Some people actually believe that baloney. Or, as I should say, malarkey. Because that's one of Joe Biden's favorite words, malarkey. But back to Bernie Sanders. He's telling the world, I can't even believe this guy's saying this. He's telling the world one way to save us all from the greenhouse effect, to reduce the carbon footprint created by human beings is abortion. Can you believe that? He believes that the more babies that are aborted the less people that will be born and it'll be ease on the climate effect. The greenhouse effect will decrease if we abort little babies, according to Bernie Sanders. And I always tell everybody, don't believe me, folks. Do your own research. Turn on the television, watch the debates. And if that isn't sick enough, this is the God's honest truth. You've seen it on social media. 
I've seen it on social media. I can't even believe that we are tolerating this speech put on social media. Some people are going around saying that the way to decrease the greenhouse effect, to reduce the carbon footprint created by mankind is, are you ready for it? Cannibalism. Cannibalism. Can you actually believe that they're trying to make this a normal and acceptable thought? That cannibalism will save us all. The end of the world will not come in 12 years. The greenhouse effect will just disappear. The carbon footprint will just disappear caused by mankind if we start practicing cannibalism. I can't even believe that people are out there putting this out all over social media. I mean, the FBI should be having some serious discussions with these people. There's a lot of cultures, folks, that believe in child marriages. And they're putting it out there that pedophilia is normal throughout parts of the world. Well, you know, folks, we do not need these sick individuals in the United States of America. We do not need to even be talking about pedophiles. We do not even need to be talking about cannibalism. We do not even need to be talking about and listening from, especially our presidential candidates, such as Bernie Sanders, telling people that abortion will decrease the carbon footprint. I can't even believe it, folks. You know, if our founding fathers were here, honest to God, they would march these people out onto the lawn of the White House and hang them all by their necks. And that's how they, our founding fathers, would deal with these lowlifes in their carbon footprints. And that's exactly the train of thought that this country needs in these troubling times. We need to reintroduce patriotism. I've always said that I believe that we need to take people out of high school when they graduate and put them in the military for a couple of years. They will have a better understanding as to how great this country is and how the world operates when they get to travel around the world and see all of the pure, pure, pure evil that is out there and wants to come to the United States and kill us all, right? People who will not assimilate to their laws, such as Sharia law, beheading 
is their favorite way of killing people. If you do not want to assimilate to Sharia law, then it will be off with your head. But me personally, I said to someone like Ilhan Omar, who does not want to assimilate to the culture of the United States, that maybe she should go back to where she comes from. And having said that very simple statement, folks, I got barred from Facebook for 30 days. Something is very terribly wrong with a train of thought in the United States in the year 2019, folks. A lot of problem with the United States is the politicians. A lot of these politicians are dictators. They think that they're running their own little world, such as states like Vermont, New Jersey, California. A lot of people are tired of these liberal dictator politicians and they're moving. But you know, folks, you should not feel that you have to move you shouldn't think that way for one split second. What you should be thinking about is replacing these dictator politicians who are raising your taxes, raising your rents. They're not raising your incomes. They're not increasing your chances to get a job that is affordable and will allow you to live with dignity. Instead, they're raising your property taxes, they're raising your rents, and people are being forced to move out of states like Vermont, high-tax states like California. And what's happening? You're being replaced. You walk around the streets of California, and all you see are either Asian people or Hispanics. I saw a show on 60 Minutes, and you can go to their website and research it for yourself. Don't take my word for it, like I always say. But they said that 66% of the people that come to the United States from China, 66% of these people from China have a PhD. They're able to obtain high-income jobs. They're able to buy properties and build multi-million dollar homes on them. So what is that going to do to you if you're living in that neighborhood? I'll give you the example of Irvine, California as an example. You go there and a lot of Irvine, California is new. You go around and you'll see a lot of houses that are multi-million dollar houses. And from what you talk to about the real estate developers, they'll tell you that they're being built by Chinese people and they are paying cash for them. 
So let's say that you live in a house in Irvine, California that's worth maybe four to $500,000. Now they're building all of these houses around you that are worth multi-millions. What's gonna happen in reality is that you're gonna get a letter from the tax man saying that your property has been reassessed and now instead of being worth like maybe four or $500,000, it's worth $1.6 million, for instance, just basically for the property value. So, your property tax has just skyrocketed. Chances are pretty good that you're not gonna be able to afford to pay your property taxes anymore, and you're gonna have to sell your home and move out. That's happening all over the country, folks mostly in states run by liberals. California is one of the nicest pieces of property in the United States. Vermont is one of the nicest pieces of property in the United States. So if you have like a lot of rich immigrants coming to the United States and building around your home, and all of a sudden your taxes go up and you can't afford to live there anymore and you have to move. You're being replaced, folks. You know, I've seen shows on television and they're saying that what you should do is move to like the island of Belize because it's really cheap to live there. And if you're a subsidized elderly person, You could live an affordable life there on your Social Security. Telling people to move to the island of Belize. Isn't that something? I know a lot of people that own real estate. They'll buy rental units by the hundreds. I don't think this should be allowed, folks. Because you have people that are first-time buyers They'll never be able to afford to own a home because whenever there's a house that becomes available on your street, somebody puts a for sale line, the side line, the line, and all of a sudden, an investor buys that home, turn it into an Airbnb. That's like the newest thing to sweep in the United States. They're passing laws in the city of Burlington, Vermont saying how you can convert your garage and turn it into an Airbnb. And people are doing that because their taxes keep going up and up and up. And they don't want to move out of the home that they live in, right? So how are they going to supplement their income and pay for their taxes that keep going up? And their water and sewer and whatnot? They're going to convert their garage to an Airbnb. I think what they should be doing, folks, these politicians that say that they care about the people, their constituents, what they should be doing maybe is passing laws saying that you cannot own more than two homes in one area. You cannot convert 
your garage into an Airbnb. They should be passing laws like this, folks. They should pass a law, and they used to have this on the book, saying how when you do buy a home, you have to actually live in it yourself for at least five years before you can sell it. Otherwise, they would seize a lot of your profit. That's the only way things are going to change, folks. If they actually start passing laws saying that you can only own maybe two properties. And that will give people a chance to actually be able to buy an affordable home and live the American dream. So, maybe we'll start the second part of the show with some articles about President Donald Trump and his security advisor, John Bolton. Says uh, President Donald Trump on his past Tuesday abruptly forced out John Bolton, his hawkish national security advisor with whom he had strong disagreements with on Iran, Afghanistan, and a cascade of other global challenges. The sudden shakeup marked the latest departure of the prominent voice of dissent from the president's inner circle, as Trump has grown less accepting of advice contrary to his instincts, it says. <laughs> well, President Trump is his own man. Everybody knows that, regardless of what your political standings are. And he is the president of the United States, that's for sure. So it says tensions between Bolton, Trump's third national security advisor, and other officials have flared in recent months over influence in the presidential's orbit and how to manage his desire to negotiate with some of the world's most unsavory actors. Since joining the administration in the spring of last year, Bolton has espoused skepticism about the president's whirlwind reapproachment with North Korea. Well, regardless of what your political standing is, like I said, we do have now an open channel of communications with North Korea, which no other president has ever done. And President Trump has met with the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, a couple times things have eased down as far as the tension goes. Kim Jong-un does actually say that he has some respect for the United States and President Trump, which is a good start. And he realizes that when President Trump says that he will annihilate these people of North Korea if they mess with us, they know for a fact that President Trump means what he says. He says what he means. So, Bolton has espoused some skepticism about the president's whirlwind reapproach with North Korea and recently has become a vocal internal critic of potential talks between Trump and leaders of Iran and Afghanistan's Taliban. Well, they were scheduled to have talks at Camp David between President Trump 
and leaders of Iran and Afghanistan's Taliban, but they were called off at the last minute due to President Trump's decision, as always. And it would have been really interesting for these meetings to go through because we all know that President Trump likes to invite the public in to these meetings and the cameras and the press. And he likes for the world to see the results of these meetings and what he puts his pressure on these little countries like Iran who all burn our flags in their streets and chant death to Americans. Would have been interesting to see President Trump meet with these leaders of the Taliban to tell them in front of the world cameras that we are definitely not going to be playing your game. Not this administration. President Trump has also been the hardest president on Russia. He's applied numerous tariffs and sanctions on Russia, harder than any other president ever has. And who is to criticize these sanctions that President Trump has put on the Russians? Presidential candidate Bernie Sanders, for one. Now, if people don't know, when Bernie Sanders was the mayor of Burlington, Vermont. Now him and his wife married and they went to Russia, the USSR, on their honeymoon during the height of the Cold War between the United States and Russia. Can you imagine that? Of all places to go on your honeymoon, Bernie Sanders and his wife, Jane Sanders, the woman who was at the president of Burlington College and drove the place into the ground and it no longer exists. Bernie Sanders and his wife, Jane, went to Russia on their honeymoon during the height of the Cold War. You have to ask yourself, folks, how is that even possible? Don't you need special permission from someone? go to a country that we're having a cold war with you know for decades nobody was allowed to go to Cuba because we're having a cold war with Cuba and we still are to some effect in this very day and age in the year 2019 Cuba you know the little country off of our coast that allowed like the Russians to come in and point nuclear missiles at us? You know, how is that possible, Mr. Bernie Sanders, that you criticize President Donald Trump and the strict sanctions that he's put on Russia, but yet you and your wife, about 40 years ago, during the height of the Cold War, went to Russia on your honeymoon? How is that even possible? And then Bernie comes back from Russia and he's the mayor of Burlington, Vermont. 
And him and his administration created all of these little sister cities throughout the USSR. And Bernie Sanders and his administration traveled to these sister cities throughout the USSR at the taxpayer's expense. And they brought people here to the city of Burlington, Vermont, from these sister cities throughout the USSR during the height of the Cold War that the United States had with Russia. The evil Russians that to this very day, in the year 2019, the Democrats referred to the Russians as the evil Russians. But 40 years ago, we considered them a million times more evil. But Bernie Sanders and his wife traveled to Russia on their honeymoon. They create sister cities throughout the USSR. Bernie Sanders as mayor traveled to these sister cities throughout the USSR with the Bandley administration. And they brought people here to the city of Burlington, all at taxpayers' expense. You know, folks, if you want to talk about Russian collusion, Bernie Sanders has been colluding with the Russians all of his political life. That's what we need to be investigating, folks, when it comes to Russian collusion. Maybe the moderators at these presidential debates should be asking Bernie Sanders and his cronies if that is not Russian collusion. What the heck is? Right? Maybe another thing they ought to be asking Bernie Sanders and every person on that stage running for president of the United States on the Democrat ticket, they ought to ask every single one of them. If Obamacare was so great, how would you know that? Nobody read it. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, representing the Democrats, she said to the cameras, speaking to the world, she said, we have to pass Obamacare before we can read Obamacare and know what is in it. Can you imagine that? I've never heard such a crazy, asinine statement in all my life. And neither have you. But they passed it. And we found out that there wasn't really anything good in Obamacare for the constituents of the United States. I mean, if you're an immigrant here, or an illegal immigrant, refugee, whatever, then it was perfect for you because it allowed you to be handed everything to you on a silver platter. But as far as the average citizen living the American dream, it was a total nightmare. We all remember how Obama stood in front of the world's cameras and he said to the world, I don't even know how many times, but he said, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. It was a lie, a proven 
block. And right after they passed Obamacare, Bernie Sanders, and all of the politicians, whether you're Republican or Democrat, they all voted to exempt themselves from Obamacare because they have the Cadillac insurance plan, folks, that covers everything. They never see a bill. And now, they're all preaching Medicare for all. Kamala Harris, presidential candidate on the Democrat ticket, says that they will eliminate all other insurance companies. You will have nowhere to turn if you do not like Medicare for all. That's it. That's your only choice. Medicare for all, as in refugees, immigrants, and illegal immigrants. You will be forced to pay for Medicare, which any person on Medicare will tell you. They don't like it. It's lousy. It doesn't cover jack. You have to get supplementary insurance to supplement your lousy Medicare. And a lot of doctors don't want to accept you as a patient because a lot of them do not want to accept Medicare. So how is this fiasco going to turn out, folks, if you have no right to purchase the insurance plan that you wish? How is it going to turn out? How many jobs are going to be lost? How many lives are going to be ruined? And history shows us that Right after Obamacare was passed, the swamp creatures in Washington, D.C., they voted to exempt themselves from Obamacare. So history tells us that if Medicare for all passed, you know darn well that these swamp creatures in Washington, D.C. are immediately going to exempt themselves if it's not already written into the plan because they are not going to give up their Cadillac insurance plans that pays for everything. No, these politicians, folks, they live the life of royalty while citizens are struggling paycheck to paycheck. A lot of people can't afford that. They're living in their cars they're living in the streets amongst filth and diseases that we haven't seen in this country in the past 50 years. Tuberculosis, smallpox, mumps, diphtheria. It's all coming back to the United States, folks. And there's a lot of people living in the streets amongst the filth. And I think President Trump needs to send the army into these areas and clean the place up. And I think the Supreme Court needs to step in and eliminate sanctuary cities and states. I've always said that everybody's welcome to the United States if you come here legally. And one of the very first things that should be required 
that if you want to come to the United States is that you should have all of your vaccination shots because we don't need people walking around with tuberculosis and mumps and diphtheria and on and on and on. You know, some of these diseases they haven't seen for hundreds of years. Now you're seeing that through the streets of Los Angeles and California, leprosy is spreading. You imagine that leprosy in the year 2019 in the United States of America. I can't even believe it, folks, how people can even tolerate this. You know, people living out in the streets enduring hardships that they shouldn't have to endure because this is the land of hope and opportunity and prosperity. Not being able to afford to live in your house anymore because your property taxes have been raised so high because people are coming to this country and forcing you out. Something's totally wrong with that, folks. And a lot of these people are donating hardcore money to these politicians. These politicians don't care one way or another, folks. You know, they're all talking about raising your taxes 70%. That's what Bernie Sanders is openly telling people. If he is elected president of the United States, he is going to raise our taxes 70%. And then you have these other people running for president on the Democrat ticket saying how they are going to raise your taxes and you are going to be paying 80% of your income in taxes. Can you imagine that? Nobody should even be listening to these people at these rallies. You know, the people that do show up should be booing them right off of the stage. Telling them you should be ashamed of yourselves. Because, you know, these politicians, folks, they talk about the carbon footprint. They talk about curing it with abortion and cannibalism. You know, are they out of their minds? They obviously are out of their minds. I can't even believe that we're hearing these things in the year 2019 when more people than ever have college educations now. So, is it mental illness that's causing these people to spread these ideas? about pedophilia and child marriages and cannibalism and abortions? Or is it money from the crime world influencing these politicians? Right here in Vermont, folks, they talk about the carbon footprint. Vermont's not even large enough state, folks, to create a carbon footprint. They want to raise the price of fossil fuels approximately a dollar a gallon to help reduce the carbon footprint. Well, you know, folks, Vermont is a small state. We all know it. There's approximately 600,000 people in the state of Vermont. There's not enough people in Vermont to create a carbon footprint. And the air blows over our little state from around the world. And everybody knows that countries like China and India 
are the biggest polluters in the world. And these countries will not even discuss lessening their carbon footprint. They don't care, folks. Bill Clinton created NAFTA. All of our jobs left the United States with a great sucking noise. Jobs being sucked right out of the United States. A lot of these Chinese laborers are children. Same goes for India. These third world countries are now sitting on piles and piles of money because they have all of our jobs. And they're using slave labor to produce these products that we used to produce in the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. They're sitting on piles of money, folks. And they're coming back to the United States in states like Vermont, New Hampshire. They're building multi-billion dollar houses with cash. They're sitting there empty. And you're being forced out of your neighborhood. And forced out of your state. And some people are living in the streets. A lot of them turn to crime and drugs. They're drug addicts. There's needles all over the place. They don't have any place to go to the bathroom. They're taking a dump right out in the middle of the street, broad daylight. They're living amongst disease, like tuberculosis, leprosy. They're living amongst rats. They don't have any hope, folks. And that's why I say people need to be proud once again of their country. They need to wear their patriotism on their sleeves. They need to demand better for themselves, for their futures, for their children's futures. Even refugees coming to this country the legal way, immigrants coming here the legal way, need to demand that this country remain the greatest country in the world. A lot of these people come here from world, third world countries, which is nothing but poverty and devastation. And now we're seeing the greatest country in the world, the United States, turn into a third world country. And like I say, these politicians, they don't care, folks, about the price of gasoline. They don't care if you slap a dollar a gallon carbon tax on it right here in the state of Vermont because these people drive around in limousines. They have armed security guards. They don't pay for gas in any of their vehicles. They travel around in jets. You know, we've seen on the news that Bernie Sanders was paying something like $200,000 a month to travel on private jets. Can you imagine that, folks? Politicians living like royalty while their constituents, like Nancy Pelosi's people, are living out in the streets in California. The same thing with Maxine Waters, another representative of California. 
people up in the San Francisco area all living out in the streets because they cannot afford the rents. Rents are really outrageous up around the San Francisco area, they're saying. You know, folks, you don't have to tolerate it. You need to wake up and smell the coffee and vote these people out of office. And I would demand that the president step in in the Supreme Court and clean up these streets and do something because all you see is these articles on the news about this one right here. Tent court set to open on the border for U.S. asylum seekers. Really? What the heck is that all about? You know, no matter what you do for these people coming here from around the world, you know, the Democrats right down there with a camera and a microphone shoved in their face, you know, talking about how the detention centers aren't adequate housing for these people. They complain about everything. You know, well, they definitely have it better at the detention centers than the people living in the streets in Los Angeles amongst the rats and the junkies and the needles in the streets and people defecating in the street broad daylight in front of them. They most definitely have it better than these folks in Los Angeles, wouldn't you say, folks? You know what I would do? I would close down all of the detention centers and say, guess what? We're not going to have you living in these so-called horror houses as you see them. We don't want to put you through this. So guess what? We're closing the detention centers down. We're closing the border. As the Supreme Court is stepping in, they're seeing how they're allowing broad enforcement of the asylum limits. Saying how now, if you're going to go through Mexico from another country to seek asylum in the United States, you have to seek asylum in that country first that you're traveling through. And then if they deny it, then we will consider you in the United States. And that is only fair. Because if you were to get a globe and look at it, and you see how small the United States is compared to the rest of the world. Now, we're not obligated to bring in all the immigrants and refugees from around the world, folks. Because that's a scenario you want to play out, then it's not going to be very long before the United States is a third world country. And that was Hillary Clinton's plan if she became president. That's also the plan of all the Democrats running for president now. Hillary Clinton wanted to drop the borders. They all want to drop the borders. Hillary Clinton wanted to immediately allow 11 million people to flood into this country that we know absolutely nothing about. We know one thing for sure. Most of them don't speak the language. They don't have any job skills. So they would definitely all be on welfare and every form of assistance that our government would give to them at my and yours expense. Which is totally wrong. A lot of people, folks, 
I read articles here saying how people cannot afford to get married. People born and raised in the United States, I've read articles saying how they cannot afford to date one another. But yet, whatever you're doing for a living, Bernie Sanders wants to tax you 70%. The rest of the Democrats want to tax you 80% of your income. And with that 80%, they're going to drop the borders and they're going to allow just anybody to come into the United States without being checked of their backgrounds. And we're going to give them free housing, free food, free medical, free dental, free college educations even. And what are you going to get? A person born in the United States and raised in the United States, been working and living here all your life and paying taxes. What are you going to get, folks? You're going to get the bill. These people are going to come here free, Scott, free, Scott, pretty clear. And you're going to get all the entitlements that you've been paying into all of your life. And you're going to get nothing but the bill, folks. It's terrible. Where's the logic? That's what you ought to ask yourself. Where is the logic? You know, who in their right mind would want to give up 80% of their income? Imagine that. You live in the American dream. You're starting a business. You're putting in a lot of hours. You're working like 80 hours or so a week, starting your business, getting it off the ground. Some people are putting everything that they have, everything, their life savings, everything, into starting a business. You're working 24-7. You're stressed out to the max. A lot of businesses fail within the first five years. A lot of businesses don't even make it a year. And after all of that, if you make it five years, here's a Democrat presidential candidates want to take 80% of your income. I don't know, folks. I think you should ask yourself if I'm a Democrat, if I'm a liberal, chances are pretty good that I need a psychiatric evaluation because <laughs> there ain't nobody in their right state of mind that is going to voluntarily give 80% of your income and then like I say I've read articles how people can't afford to date they can't afford to marry so you're driving to your job every day you're driving to your business every day and what I see a lot is immigrants. This is God's honest truth, folks. Drive around Burlington, Vermont, and you see this a lot. You'll see an immigrant woman pregnant, pushing a baby carriage with a baby in it, with two or three other little children following her. You know, we used our tax dollars to go get this woman and her children, bring them to the United States, a lot of times they can't speak English. They have no job skills. They obviously don't believe in birth control. We give them housing. We give them medical. 
dental, we give them food, we give them education, we educate their children. I drive to work every day and I see these people walking around. They're not going to a job like I'm going to a job, right? They're not putting in overtime to keep their head above water. Everything is handed right to them. There used to be a time where you paid into Social Security and you could retire when you were like 65. But now, certain people can't collect Social Security until they're like 67. The millennials, they're not going to be able to collect Social Security until they're like 70. Or God only knows if they're even going to have Social Security. You know, there is a Alexandria Cortez, Congresswoman, right? And then there's Ilan Omar, Congresswoman. They claim that they are going to put an end to Social Security. They claim that they are going to do away with benefits for veterans. Can you imagine that? These women come to the United States. Our tax dollars went over to their countries. Ilan Omar, for instance, from Somalia. Our taxes paid to bring her here and to make her a naturalized citizen. Our taxes paid for everything that she has been given, basically, since we brought her here. And she is fortunate enough to live here and she is blessed to be a politician. And now she's saying how she's going to get rid of Social Security. She's going to get rid of benefits for veterans. Personally, folks, I think we should revoke her citizenship and exile her from this great country of ours. I'd be willing to use my taxes to get her a plane ticket back to Somalia. I know a lot of people agree with me. When I see somebody brought here from another country, I'm thinking they're very blessed to be here. And I'm okay with that. And if we have to help them out with our taxes, so be it. But when they start criticizing the United States, that's totally wrong, folks. You know, it's time to revoke these people's citizenships and send them back home. And they can make their countries great again because they have the education to because my tax dollars educated them. And that's what people need to be thinking about that's what people need to be talking about. You know? Enough is enough, folks. Don't you think so? Gonna go to a song here by Aerosmith. Greatest band in the world. This is called Rats in the Cellar. And once again, you're tuned to Louie Live and I'm host Louie. We are definitely live. And we only got 20 minutes left, so we'll play one more song before we're out of here.
right now is the greatest band in the world. Aerosmith with the front man, Mr. Steven Tyler. Usually I play that song and then I follow up with their other song called Combinations. That's probably my most favorite Aerosmith song, Combinations. Off the Rocks album. So... We've got like about 15 minutes left and I'll just kind of ramble into through things and just kind of piece things together. You know, this article, people talk a lot about President Trump. You know, when he became president, oh, it's going to be the end of the world. Going to go into recession. The banks are all going to close, right? Going to go to war with North Korea. You know, folks, recession is a long ways down the road. If you know anything about the stock market, it cycles itself about every four years. Because otherwise, all the stocks would be a million dollars a share. And when you sell your stocks, you have to sell them back to the company. So a company like Apple, for instance, might be, let's say, $100 a share. I don't know what it is, but let's say $100 a share. And they'll start spreading some rumors about job layoffs and whatever and blah, 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 blah. People are going to get scared and they're going to say, okay, I'm going to sell off my Apple stock. If it gets to a certain point, I'm definitely going to sell off my Apple stock and I'll put that into real estate or I'll put it into gold or silver or whatever. You know, money just shuffles around. People either they put their money in real estate then they'll put that money in the gold and silver. Then they'll put it in the stock, one or the other. It's a vicious cycle. Cycles itself out about every four years on the average. But the banks aren't going to go under. The banks are guaranteed through FDIC. The government guarantees that the banks are not going to go under and your money is safe. But some people are spreading rumors saying how they think we're going to go into a deep recession because of Donald Trump and all these tariffs he's putting on China. It's not going to happen, folks. Apple will drive their stock down. A lot of people start believing these rumors they hear. Oh, there's going to be job layoffs at Apple. And there's going to be plant closings at Apple. And something's wrong with their new phone and no one's buying them. And that's why the stock is going down. And you hear a lot of things, right? And that drives the price of the stock down. That happened to example to Ben and Jerry's ice cream right here in Vermont. Their stock was about $40 a share. A lot of people that did business with Ben and Jerry's, found out that Ben and Jerry's were two of the dirtiest people they ever met in their life. And a lot of these people got lawyers and started suing Ben and Jerry's and they started bringing the word out. And even Ben and Jerry's stockholders sued Ben and Jerry three times. And then they put the nail in the coffin. The stockholders themselves threw Ben and Jerry's out of their own company. See, a lot of people don't realize that Ben and Jerry no longer own the company that they founded. But they are hired to be spokesmen. 
can research that for yourself, folks. Because myself, personally, I sued Ben and Jerry for copyright infringement for my Holstein clothing. From what I found out, they were having it made by Paramount Hat Company in Missouri. And they went to Russia with Madeline Chunin when she was the governor, and they were suing. They were sending cow hats to Russia. White hats with black cow spots on them. And they were selling them in Russia behind my back. So myself, I got a copyright lawyer, and I sued them for infringement. And you can read all about it if you go to my website, www.802hats.com. But like I say, rumors start spreading that Ben and Jerry's stock was falling, and it did. Myself, personally, I went on my show called Louis the Cowman on public access television right here in Vermont. And from day one, I looked into the camera and I told people, I said, Ben and Jerry's initial public offering was to Vermonters alone, their initial public offering, right? And I told people, I said, their stock is about $40 a share. And by the time I get done telling my story and other people get done telling their stories about what a bunch of rat bums Ben and Jerry are, their stock is going to go down to nothing. And that's exactly what it did a couple years later, folks. Their stock went down to nothing. They pulled it off of the stock market. Unilever came along and bought the company's Class B stock, right? So that's a perfect example of rumors causing the stock prices to go down. And like I say, there's no recession. Unemployment is the lowest it's ever been. We're like 3.4, right? Unemployment's the lowest that it's ever been for black people, for Asian people, for women, all across the board. The economy is booming, running on all cylinders. A lot of people tell me, they say, Louie, I would love to expand my company, but when I hire people, they're not reliable. They don't show up for work. They don't want to work. So they're actually hurting the reputation of my company. So people are happy with the fact that they have so much business they have to turn it away. But like I say, folks, the banks are not going to go under. We're not going into a recession. The banks are guaranteed by the FDIC, the government. You know, some people are saying how, oh, we're taking money out of the bank and we're keeping it at our house in a vault, in a safe. If that's what you believe, folks, then that's your business. But do not tell anybody at all, nobody, that you are holding money in your house. Because 9 out of 10 times when your house gets broken into and your money's stolen and whatnot, it's people that you told. So that's just a tip. Go read through the course of history. Study the stock market. Nobody's banks are going to close. President Trump is not going to start a war. 
with North Korea or China or Russia or anybody. There is a guy on the news saying how what is at risk is our electrical grids. A little company, a little country like North Korea could launch a nuclear missile over one of these electric grids and explode it over the electric grid and everybody that relies on that electric grid would be out of power for God only knows how many years it would take to rebuild it. And what's sad about our society now, folks, is it's all computer-generated. You can't even pump the gas out of the ground without electricity and computers. So nobody would be able to travel. You would get no groceries to the stores. People would literally starve to death. People would panic. They would be killing one another for your possessions, for your food. That's why we need to be safe, folks. President Trump created the Space Force, which is above the Air Force, literally, no pun intended. Space Force to protect us from things coming at us from outer space like nuclear missiles from little countries like North Korea that would love to see us all dead. Once again, Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont, he criticizes President Trump over the six, $3.6 billion diverted for the wall. Well, if you look at President Obama, he had a $20 trillion deficit, approximately. History shows that Obama spent more money than all of the presidents before him combined. That's a fact, folks. You can research it. Don't take my word for it. What has he got to show for it? Nothing. Obamacare, which failed miserably. The only thing that Obamacare benefits are refugees and illegal immigrants. It's not a good scenario, folks. I don't know what we're going to do with these Democrats to make them see the light. I don't know if it's a mental illness or I don't know if it's a brainwashing procedures. Our government's always, always been doing research on things like brainwashing, telekinesis, anything that they can use to influence people. And after seeing what's going on with this country nowadays, and even around the world, I think there's proof that the government is successful influencing people's minds. What else could it be? I don't know myself. But like I said, Obama had a $20 trillion deficit with nothing to show for it. But a lot of people, I think, are being influenced by money. 
You see politicians on both sides, Republicans and Democrats, liberals, progressives. They're all in lockstep, pretty much. What would influence them? Money. Trillions and trillions of dollars missing during the Obama administration. I've always said that I think all the politicians got together and they all agreed to take, let's say, for instance, $1 billion. I mean, they could take more, but $1 billion in today's standards is enough money to last you for the next 10 generations or more. So let's say they all agreed to take $1 billion in cash. And we know they have the cash because we've seen Obama sending these pallets and pallets and pallets of cash around the world in the middle of the night. And we know that Iran got over $150 billion in cash. You've got to ask yourself, where do they get all this cash? And who approved it? And where were they holding all of this cash? Well, folks, when you've got a $20 trillion deficit with nothing to show for it, $150 billion is just a drop in the bucket, isn't it? But like I say, we've seen proof that they have that cash. And I've always said, if they all agreed to take $1 billion in cash and put it offshore, no one's going to investigate you. No one's going to prosecute you. After all the different investigations we've seen going on over the last few years, there's not one person in jail yet spending tens of hundreds of millions of dollars on, pro on investigations, and not one person is in prison. That's pretty sad, huh? We'll discuss that more, but I'm going to let you go, and I'll see you back here next week, every Friday. 6 to 8 p.m. I'm going to leave you with a song by Crazy Town called Butterfly. And I hope you all have a good weekend. Bye. Sex and peace.